For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Rashad DeBinion got asked about that play after the game. He just said, it's KJ being KJ. It looked like KJ Jefferson. <laughs> 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 you know, he makes one or two of those plays like every week. Somebody will miss a block or something. You make him get off of him, scramble, dump it off. Now, there was a couple times in the course of that game he was under duress and somehow got out of it and made a play. Now, he was sacked a good chunk. of his four sacks, I believe, and then Arkansas got five of them. So, really, both sides defensively were able to get to the opposing quarterbacks. KJ also got asked about that play after the game, particularly what he saw. Here was his response. I kind of seen him coming. I thought the running back was going to at least chip him or something. So when he did come, I mean, I just thought, like, I got to make a play. Like, I got to get out of this. Can't take a sack right now. Like, we got momentum going. We driving the ball. Like, I can't take a sack. So end up shoving him off me and then get my eyes up the field, dumping it out to Varquez, who was in the area. And he got a lot of yards. I had to catch and which led to a touchdown. So just being able to keep the play alive and uh, keep the, the drive going, keep the momentum on our side. As we welcome uh, Chuck into the conversation, Chuck, I'll, I'll give you credit. In these type of situations, sometimes as a broadcaster, you just assume a guy's going to go down, but you've learned the last few years that you can't ever assume with K.J. Jefferson. No, that was a great play. I mean, it was just a uh, – it was an uncommon play. You just don't see guys do that. He just threw him off of him and um, turned into a big play. Gums made a nice catch and a nice run after the catch, and it was a good play. Yeah, give Gums credit just for keep keep working the route and keep the play – or keep the opportunity to throw it to him alive because uh, a lot of guys would have quit would have quit on that play just seemed like uh, KJ was doomed well I think your athleticism takes over there you know your instincts take over there when KJ got away you know I, I hesitate to use the term playground play but at that point I mean you're just you know you're playing your instincts take over and Sometimes for a player that's not been involved in the offense much, I think it's better to have a play like that where, you know, just instinct takes over as opposed to doing a lot of thinking. Uh, and I, I know offensively that was, a, again, one of the better plays you had on, on Saturday. And they got it going a little bit in the fourth. Chucko, wh- what did you think about them really at points going up to bow, similar to what we saw in their brows? They, they did a little bit of this in the old Miss game, but I felt like it was, it was more heavy on Saturday, and sure seemed like KJ got in the rhythm a little bit at points of the game. I thought he was better. Seemed like they maybe did a little more RPO. Um, seems like watching it, you know, maybe his read was a little bit different. Maybe he was reading the defensive end as opposed to reading the safety. Um, that seemed to be an observation in our booth uh, by the guys who know more about it than I do. So it seemed like maybe that's some of what he was doing. They were better offensively. They were not great. Um, and obviously not good enough to win the game. But they were, um, you know, there were points offensively where I thought they did some things better than they'd been doing them. And I thought from, you know, they they only had 250 yards, and they struggled to get some first downs. But from an expectation standpoint, considering the defense you played, I I thought it was 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 an okay or decent offensive performance considering who you're going up against it. It probably exceeded my expectations going into the game more than, than most offensive performances to this point. Well, I don't think they were hopeless. You, you know, I, I don't think there was any point in the game where it was like, man, we just can't even get a yard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was like that. Now, look, the defense kept them in the game. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. And um, the offense got some momentum going, 
And I thought Alabama tightened up a little bit in the second half. But, you know, I don't care if Alabama's not a vintage Alabama team or not. You hold them to three points and a half at their place, you've done a really good job defensively. So I thought Arkansas did a lot of good things, and I think it sets up uh, what is the most critical week of the season. And if you – again, I know a lot of fans are frustrated with the Arkansas offensive line at times, but – Alabama has now given up 31 sacks this season, and they have a mobile quarterback. It's not like they have a guy sitting back there at this point in time. So your defense... Well, let me throw this in. Arkansas did do Alabama's offensive line what a lot of defensive uh, lines have done to Arkansas. They picked on the young guy. Arkansas picked on that freshman left tackle all day long. And look at Landon Jackson's numbers. The majority of the time, that's the guy he was whipping. So, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have weak links when you're starting first-year guys up there, and, and Arkansas was able to take advantage of that. Uh, now, we were, again, talking about the offense. Coach Pittman spoke to it after the game. Here's what he said out. Something started to, to click a little bit. We decided to run the ball a little bit on third down. Other teams had had some success against them, even though – we didn't play the entire game offensively well. I thought in the second half we showed some sparks that we can score. That's a good defense out there we were playing against. But really, the coaches made adjustments. KJ made some plays. Tommy, I know you and I were speculating at the uh, last week about would this team be able to score a touchdown. After the first quarter, I wasn't so sure. They did get those two field goals but had a total of 10 yards in the second quarter. The second quarter killed you in this football game, but Second half again, you were down 24-6. to Most teams willed at that point in Tuscaloosa. This team clawed back and fought. And if if not for the turf monster, you might this might be a different ball game. And we had someone, Josh, texted on the McCarty-Daniel hotline earlier that this team feels like it's cursed. I mean, Rashad DeBinion has 10 yards of open space on that one second down play. And I just wonder what would have happened if he hadn't either tripped on the turf or or grass or Kudis' foot. The 45-yard line? Yeah. I think the 45-yard line got it. Golly, man. Well, that would have been a big play, no doubt about it. I mean, that would have been a huge play. And here's the thing that I thought coming out of Saturday. Um, I thought they got better. Now, I know for some people that's not enough. I realize that. There are black and white, you know, people, and, I I mean, it's, it's like you either win or you lose, and I get that. And you don't live in the gray, and I understand that. And... Um, for some people, you know, what they did Saturdays, not anywhere near enough. Other people are encouraged by it. I think what happens now, or what's most important now, is what happens this week. This is the most important week of the season. Yeah. If you beat Mississippi State Saturday, you've got a chance to get on a run. You've got a chance. Doesn't mean you will. you got a chance. If you don't, man, this thing could go south. Let's just be honest. So... What happens this Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning, I think, is going to go a long way toward determining the worth of this season. Tyler from Mountain View texts in a question for you, Chuck. Again, four losses, three of them, one possessions. He thinks the schedule, like everyone else, is more manageable. Uh, How confident are you if they can win on Saturday that they can get to a bowl game based on the current stretch versus the stretch that you've had to endure these first seven games? Well, do the math. you got to get to six. you got four or five at home. Uh, and the other ones at Florida. All of them are winnable games. You can't win four until you win one. I mean, just pure and simple. If they beat Mississippi State, they'll have a good chance to beat Auburn. I've watched Auburn play this year, and I know you guys probably have too. That's a winnable game, unless you lose to Mississippi State. And then all of a sudden, you know, the snowball's rolling. And uh, they've not let go of the rope. They have not. And if you lose to Mississippi State, that's going to happen. I mean, it's just going to happen. We've all watched it. Anyone that's watched college football knows what's going to happen if they don't win this game. So this is the most important week of the season, and you've got to take all the good things that have happened over the last four weeks, and you've got to build off those. You didn't win any of them. You lost to BYU. Um, you know, you're in, you're in the midst of a five-game skid. You still got a chance to turn it around, though, but you have to win this week. Now, KJ did not have a great game in Oxford, Mississippi, but Jamie May texted on the McCarty Daniel Headline. Felt feels like that he got some of his mojo back against Alabama. He had modest numbers when you look at the actual statistics, but 
Guys, he he was starting to click a little bit in that fourth quarter and made some plays. Again, we referenced that one play he made where he threw an Alabama defender off, but I just like the the fact that they went up tempo at times and he started to get into a little bit of a groove, and I think a lot of other people noticed that as well. I agree with that. I do think he got into a groove. The thing that you've got to remember is if this team's going to win a game, you got to do this the whole day. You can't just have a spectacular play in the second half that everybody's talking about if you're down by, you know, 10, 15 points. you got to have plays like that that put an exclamation point on a great day. And there's got to be consistency for four quarters. Yeah, I think he's much more in a groove than he was a couple of weeks ago, no doubt about it. But now you got to go win a game. I mean, you got to go win a game. Yeah. We, we've talked about and speculated and compared to previous years – that Dan Enos' offense took to the middle of the year to really gel and come together. Are we starting to – maybe Saturday was the first signs? I mean, I, I know we, we probably can't fully answer that, but makes you wonder, even though they couldn't get first downs in the second quarter, even though they only mustered 250, are we starting to see signs that maybe it's starting to click and come together? Again, I think we'll find out. Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I think we're about to find out because – Look, I'm not taking anything away from Mississippi State. I mean, this is going to be a typical Mississippi State game, I'm sure. Their head coach is a defensive guy, and I would imagine they'll come in here with a typical Mississippi State defense, and this is not going to be an easy game. I suspect it'll be another close game. I think they're all going to be close games, just to be real honest with you. So, um, But you got to win this week. And coming in off a bye, too. Fully rested, mm-hmm. we're... You're coming in off the most difficult stretch in college football. So. I don't know. I haven't seen the status update if Will Rogers is set to play or not. I'm curious to see because that definitely changes the dynamic in the, the is in this football I'll bet game. he does. Yeah, he's he's a tough kid. I think he came back uh, against Central Michigan, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before. So I'm curious to see what kind of impact if he's not fully healthy or if the other guy ends up playing at this point but it's 11 o'clock on saturday so that is the setup for this i am curious i mentioned this earlier how many people end up showing up for this game it is a bummer that after four weeks i think it was 35 or 36 days that you hadn't played in donald w reynolds rageback stadium you finally get a chance to host recruits and it's not exactly an opportune time to do that being the 11 o'clock game well when you lose five in a row you don't get to pick your time and i'll <laughs> bet a lot of people are there i bet they have a big crowd uh, I think people are anxious to go to the stadium again. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's almost we were talking earlier, Chuck, before you joined us. It's almost like restarting the season. You got to figure out where your tailgate is, kind of re- refresh your routine. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's been it's been a while. It was hot. It was hot. Yeah. when we were there last time, it's forty <laughs> degrees this morning. Yeah. I mean, a lot's changed over the last yeah. five weeks. Feels good. It feels. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be good weather. I'm wearing flannel for the first time this. Uh, I guess this fall, and I think you, that you got the lumberjack look. I do, there. man. He's a rugged man. Uh, you know me, Chuck. I haven't, sha- I haven't shaved. My hair's long. I definitely look uh, like a, a blue collar man. Is even though I'm very white collar this morning. Chuck in Greenwood reminds us on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, it's also the opening day of muzzle-loading season this Saturday as well. I know that's important for a lot of people. Modern gun season is just yeah, around it, the corner. It in modern um, gun. It so in the numbers that modern gun What is out. the, uh, for someone that does, is not an avid hunter, what is the difference between a muzzle-loader and just, I, like, I don't know the... Well, the muzzle-loader is what, you know, kind of what, what we were taught with the Pilgrims. You, you put okay. the black powder in there, you put the... <laughs> You, you put the shot in there, and it, I've never muzzle loaded, but I mean, it, it, it is not a rifle. Is is the point? It's it's a it, it's a more uh, primitive way of hunting. Maybe that's for a deer. something me and Clay can go on an excursion for. I'm sure he mm-hmm. would love to to teach me the uh, <laughs> the different aspects of that. Let's talk to Charlie, who's on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Charlie, good morning, man. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Did uh, Ty? Did you say that uh, you thought Clay would take you uh, out somewhere? <laughs> you sure he's not gonna leave? You sure he's not gonna leave you there? He probably would. <laughs> gonna honestly. take you on a good snipe. Yeah, I'll say he probably on a good snipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, the only thing I will say, uh, you know, I, man, that 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 uh that run that you guys were talking about, the turf monster that got the Dominion. What could what, what would have happened? We don't know. But house call. You know, that was a house call. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, you know. I, I think he would have had a big game for sure. 
I mean, 10 yards of space for a lot of people. <laughs> Anything can happen is an athlete of his caliber. The only thing I was disappointed in uh, from an offensive standpoint, I thought A.J. Green should have got a few more carries. You know, six carries, 44 yards. I thought he mm-hmm. was it. I thought he was hitting it. Uh, I don't think he was doing a lot of dancing in the backfield. And I think for the first time this year in a while, probably, um, you know, it just looked like the offensive line in the run game played better, you know, and I don't know if it took those penalties to kind of get them going, but I think we missed a few. I think we left a few yards out there on the ground. I really do. And not just the run that Dominion had where he fell down, but I thought Dominion did a little bit too much dancing. At time. Now, I think he's going to be a great player. I'm not criticizing him or anything. I just thought that A.J. probably should have been now, is A.J. banged up or something? Because I think there was another game in there where he had a lot of yards and very few carries. I just wonder about that. But, you know, I think you got to feed the hot hand at times. And A.J., to me, seemed like he was the hot guy uh, in that particular game. I am worried about Rocket. You know, at this point, if he's continuing to go to somebody else for his knee, you know, we may not see it. He may get shut down or something for the rest. I don't know what's going to happen, but. I am a little bit worried about that. But at the same time, I feel good about our depth of running back. And like I said, as far as this offensive line goes, to go against that front, uh, that's one of the more encouraging performances I've seen from them. And defensively, guys, let's be honest, we are banged up in the secondary. And I am so impressed by how this defensive staff has put these guys together and just, just found a way. I know we had some busts the other day, but... Man, to hold those guys to 24, pretty good performance. Mm-hmm. Anyways, John, have a good one. Yeah, you think about – go ahead, Chuck. Well, the thing I was going to add about the secondary there is there were some busts. There's no doubt. Just like you said, there were busts in the second quarter. But, you know, people love to talk about halftime adjustments. I don't know what they did at halftime, but there weren't any more busts after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there was a time where a guy was running free and he missed him, but that's going to happen. That happens to anybody. Um, whatever they did at the break worked because they held Alabama to three in the second half. And, again, I don't care if it's vintage or not. You do that at Bryant-Denny on a Saturday. You hold him to three and a half, and you've had a good 30 minutes of football. Yeah, just look the last week. Miller had the best game of his Alabama career, and you hold him for 10 to 21 in his home stadium. He did that in 12th man in Kyle Field and then comes back and does not have a great game against you. There were some Bama receivers that dropped some balls as well. And you held their best wide receiver, Jermaine Burton, to two catches in this game. Didn't have a touchdown in this one. There were a couple long catches. Now, Alabama did have some long catches, but if you hold them to three points in the second half, you should have a chance to win the football game, and you definitely did. To your point about A.J. Green, Devin and Conway texted in that same thing, Charlie. I agree. I thought there was points he should have gotten more touches in that game. And there was also, like the running, you mentioned a player, too, they felt like they had. There was a read play where K.J. hands the ball off to Dominion. Dominion's going for oh, yeah, at early. least 15 yards yes. early. It was a third down play. It's mm-hmm. just a, a, mm-hmm. a misread on K.J.'s part, but... That's just, again, there's so little room for error with this football team, especially offensively. You can't afford even the first play. Broden catches, I mean, drops one right in his mittens. KJ finds him on a third down, first drive of the game, hits him square in the chest, he drops it. It's in coverage. So, again, there's just so little room for error with this football team, especially on offense. Back to the McCarty Daniel hotline. Jimmy's in Conway. Jimmy, welcome in. Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, I got a hey, couple Jimmy. things here. Hey, if, if the players haven't quit on Sam, I'm not either. I'm going to keep supporting him. A lot of fight Saturday. I'm proud of that. But, guys, I'm going to throw this analogy out there, and I want you to think about this and reply. In football only, I believe that we are like a 5A team in a 7A conference. Every once in a while, we're going to have a great year, and we can be right up at the top, but it's not going to happen every year because we just do not have the horses that these others have and the advantages that they have. We can be good, yes, but to expect that every year, I think it's a little unrealistic. I want to be there every year, but in this conference, I don't see us ever being there. We sold out for the money. We're getting paid for it, definitely. But we're not going to be the elite in this conference every year. I just don't think so. What do you think? Thanks. I, I think the the 
overwhelming expectation for Arkansas fans, the ones that I talk to regardless of age, is seven, maybe eight regular season wins, depending on, and you compete for a conference title every four or five years. I don't think that's a reach, and I don't know if it's necessarily reality nowadays. But I, I, I would agree with you to a certain point because history tells you since 92, you have not been a perennial SEC contender. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. You've had, I want to say it's seven winning SEC seasons since you've been in this league, 30-plus years of track record, less than 30%. I mean, that's not exactly I'm like killing it at this point. So I would probably, I'd probably agree with you. I, I think that's a decent analogy, Jimmy. I think you need to win this week. I'm not focused on the big picture right now. I know where they are in terms of the record, and I know what people are saying. We've been through this before, and I understand where we are. You just got to win a game, man. I mean, you got to win a ball game. You know, my standard's always been let's get to a bowl game and let's build from there. Let's get to six and see how many we can win. See, see what kind of bowl game we can go to. You know, you look at the conference record since we joined the league. If you're expecting this team to finish above 500 in conference play every year, you're asking them to do something nobody else has been able to do routinely. So um, let's win this week. Let's beat Mississippi State and see what happens the rest of this year. And let's uh, let's see if maybe they can't squeeze into a bowl game when it's all said and done. I realize big picture, that's not the, 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 the ending point for most folks. And I get that. It's not the ending point for me either. But that's where they are. They're two and five. Let's beat Mississippi State. See if they can't get on a run. You know, everyone you've talked to, and all the you know, whether it's your your golf buddies or whether it's the the group at Sunday school or here, everybody's trying to get to what the final grade is. And you still got five games to go. And you use the phrase "worth of the season." And I, I think you got to remind yourself that hey, maybe the toughest game you have left might be Missouri coming to your place at the very tail end. They're uh, playing awfully well. It, yeah, and you've got. You've got Mississippi State, which is, you know, as far as conference games go, should be one of your more winnable opportunities, but you got to take care of business. So, I mean, we can't jump to the conclusion of what they're going to be for, for quite a while now. Well, you know, Ty, you were talking about numbers, and, you know, Jimmy was talking about numbers. Mm-hmm. I'll go back to what Matt Jones has said over and over and over again. Um, you know, you got to beat the schools and start with them. You got to beat Ole Miss. You got to beat Mississippi State. Got to beat Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, you beat those three teams. You win your non-conference ball games. Um, you know, at that point, you're in a bowl game. You steal one or two others. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you're going to Tampa. Um, but you know, those are the teams you have to beat. They lost Ole Miss. They got two more of them left. You got to win them both. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
All right, guys, let's talk about some of the, the college football that we saw this weekend. So you you were talking about Missouri earlier, Chuck. I'm going to be honest. I didn't see the score. They went to Lexington and won 38-21 to at Kroger Field. Their probably biggest win of the season. I'd give that even over Kansas State at home with the game-winning field goal that they picked. Is that more about Missouri or more about Kentucky at this point? Oh, I think you've got to give Missouri credit. I mean, they scored 38 points. They've won six or seven games. I mean, I think you've got to give them credit for that. I mean, it's still the same Kentucky team that beat Florida. Um, you know, Kentucky's not a bad team, and they've been good at home. And to go up there and beat them like that, that's a good win for them. Best win of the Saturday slate was probably Tennessee beating Texas A&M 20-13. Really a dogfight in that game. Neither team got much going offensively, and uh, I know there's a lot of unhappy Texas A&M fans who have now have three losses at this point of the season. I know Arkansas fans are getting ticked off more than that, but A&M has higher expectations and they are not being met. Listen, for all the stuff about Bobby Petrino and that offense, how it's supposed to click, it's not that great. And I know they've changed quarterbacks with the injury to Connor Wingman, but that has not gone how people thought it would to this point. Well, you've got to have a great quarterback, guys. I mean, look, Bobby Petrino's a great coach and a great play caller. But without Ryan Mallett and without Tyler Wilson, we've not put him in the football holy trinity the way a lot of our people have. He's down there at Texas A&M right now with a guy who's pretty good. But he can't execute all the things he wants to do. Um, look, Petrino's probably the best at coaching talent. I mean, he really is. He's probably the best at coaching talent. You give him a great player, he'll make him greater. But, you know, at the end of the day, he does not have a guy down there who can do all the stuff that he likes to do, and that's just where they are. Johnson is a serviceable quarterback. He's probably the best I've ever seen at getting rid of the football before he takes a sack. But they can't do a lot of the things down there he wants to do. They just don't have the guy under center to do it right now. Well, that game was not a, uh, a high-scoring affair. The one that was in Columbia, South Carolina, was. Uh, Texas, or excuse me, Florida wins on the road this weekend, 41-39. to I'll give Billy Napier credit. I thought at this point in the season there were going to be people calling for his head, and that might still change. They've got to go to Jacksonville to take on Georgia, not next week, but the following week when Arkansas is on a bye. But uh, they've been surprising at points this year with wins against Tennessee and on the road in Columbia. And, Won forty-one to thirty-nine in a back-and-forth battle. People are not happy in Columbia with Shane Beamer right now. Yeah. How about Georgia and Vanderbilt? Thirty-seven twenty, the final. But Vanderbilt puts twenty on the board. They score in the first play. We were talking last week about that stat. They hadn't scored a touchdown in five years <laughs> against yeah. Georgia. They don't wait long in this game. I know it's uh, it's still a Georgia win, but kind of like Arkansas, you, you, I'm sure Vanderbilt feels, feels like they played better at home against Georgia than most people expected. They were happy, and they forced it. I think a turnover initially, too, that kind of get that offense rolling, but that game's a lot closer to Nashville than I thought it was going to be. Alright, last SEC game of the weekend before we jump back into Arkansas football. So, the LSU-Auburn game, the Tiger Bowl, was not close. 48-18 to the final in that one. LSU dominates. I am very curious to see if they can get that defense shored up by the time of November 4th. What is that, you ask? Well, when LSU walks into Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, again, this is the worst defense since pre-saving that they've had in Baton Rouge, but that is going to be a battle when those two teams take on each other. And like we've talked about all season, LSU has no room for error. They dominated on Saturday night. Yep, and uh, they're rounding into form, and they can certainly throw a monkey wrench into everything in league play, and uh, you know the you know the league is is wanting to get a couple teams into the mix for the SEC uh, or not for the for the uh, college football playoff. Um, that that will be the the pivotal game uh, for that week. So we'll see. Nationally, there were some great games. I didn't get to watch all of the Oregon Washington games, saw the highlights, but man, probably the game of the weekend. Penix versus Bonex. It was awesome. I mean, back and forth. Oregon had a chance to tie it with a field goal at the tail end. Guy missed it wide right. It was a fantastic game. I know Zach Arnes was happy as of Saturday night with Notre Dame defeating USC. So that was a, a great game as well. And there was a couple other ranked matchups. I think there was four total ranked matchups of the weekend. And a lot of them were very, very good. Curious to see if USC can bounce back after that loss this weekend. The other ranked matchups. 
excuse me, being uh, Miami falling to North Carolina in Chapel Hill, 41-31, and then also Oregon State defeated UCLA in Corvallis. Mm-hmm. Those were the, the ranked matchups, but USC thoroughly dominated, 48-20. to Those pretty boy Cali guys could not handle South Bend and the cold. In fact, Zach told me this. I didn't realize this was a thing. Apparently, USC and when Notre Dame, when they signed a contract, they can't play that game past a certain point in October because it's too cold and USC's too soft of a program. But, man, it was cold on Saturday night, and those guys did not look ready for that weather, similar to Ole Miss walking in here last year. You're talking about ranked matchups this weekend. A few more. You mentioned Alabama-Tennessee. That will be one. At the same time, Arkansas is playing Mississippi State, Penn State, and Ohio State uh, will play. That's going to be an 11 o'clock game this weekend. Uh, the other ranked matchup um, this weekend is duke and Florida State, and then also Utah and USC. So a couple of top 25 matchups this weekend. And big one for Florida State, they'll uh, they'll host Duke at home. That'll be a, I think that'll be a game that, again, not a lot of people had on their schedule at this point before this season as being a competitive football game, but one people will watch nevertheless. Again, Arkansas plays at 11 o'clock against Mississippi State on Saturday. I know people were really excited for homecoming. There's a lot of people, Chuck, as you saw in Tuscaloosa for Alabama's homecoming. And I I know I've talked to, to several of my college buddies that are making the trek back to Fayetteville here this weekend. There'll be a lot of people there. I, I'm not worried about that. I think we'll have a good crowd. I'll tell you what I noticed about the LSU-Auburn game is that LSU beat Auburn by 30. We lost LSU by three in Baton Rouge. Auburn's still got to come to Fayetteville. Um, truthfully, I don't care if LSU gets in the playoff or not. Um, I think that, you know, they, um, I don't think they're a playoff team. I'll just put it that way. Um, but what I took out of that Auburn game is that, again, if Arkansas can beat Mississippi State this weekend, they got a chance to get on a run. And, uh, that's, I got to be honest, what I'm most focused on right now. I, I just, I don't think of LSU as a playoff team. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but. I don't see it. They have to shore up some things defensively for any chance. And we know in this league, you can't just have one side of the football. It doesn't work like that. And as good as Jaden Daniels is, as good as neighbors and Brian Thomas are offensively, I mean, they got no one on on defense. And I know that they play better on Saturday, but that's because Auburn's offense is horrific. I mean, Hugh Freeze is an offensive guru. I know they didn't have great offense at Liberty this last year, but he'll get that thing shored up at some point. But right now, it is uh, an abyss and hopefully it continues to be that way, especially when they walk into Fayetteville on November the 11th. Well, they've, they've, they've got quarterback issues, and that's the thing about all these great offensive minds. We were talking about Petrino a minute ago. Same goes for Hugh Freeze. Same goes for all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have a guy that can pull the trigger. you know, you got to have to make those types of offenses work. You've got to have a great quarterback, not a good one, a great one. And right now, when you look at the teams in our league that are struggling – um, some of it does have to do with the quarterback with some of the teams. Not every team, but some of the teams that are struggling, you look at that quarterback position, and that's 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 kind of where it starts. Guys, I don't know about the rest of you, but I grabbed a hoodie this morning yes. because it was uh, like 41 degrees out there when I got up. And Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric will have you ready to go. If you're turning that heater on for the first time, and some of you are, uh, if everything's not quite right, man, you better give them a call. If you are a Pascal customer, and those of you in northwest Arkansas know the name, they've been around for over 50 years. They're all over Arkansas right now. If you can hear me right now, they're in your neighborhood. You can log on to gopascal.com. When you become part of their plan protection program, they maintain your system all year long. So as you move into the cold weather season, and you do have the days where you run the AC and the heater, everything's going to be working fine. They'll make certain of that. These are Ar- This is an Arkansas-owned company. It's Arkansas-operated. Professional people, professional service. You can schedule your appointment at gopascal.com. So found out during the television broadcast that Saban is now 32-0 and at home during the month of October. I mean, 32-0 and at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Got another win on Saturday. Now, well, that's a big story. Alabama undefeated in conference is a big story. Saban was very clear in the post-game press conference about two things. One, Arkansas is a tough football team that was not what their record is in two and five and two you got a dude in kj jefferson you know, i got a lot of respect for arkansas's team i mean lsu beat him by three points old miss beat him by a touchdown all on the road all right so this is not the kind of team that you all think that they are they're a good team and that quarterback is a handful 
you know, when a quarterback can take a, a, a major college football player and sling him off like a gnat on a fly's ass, I mean, a fly on a, a gnat on a cow's ass, I mean, that, 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 that was one of the most impressive plays I've ever seen a player make. He got a little hung up on the words, but again, we're, getting what, he, he meant. we're yeah. getting what he trying to say. And uh, I, I know that we, we played Chuck's call earlier of, of him calling it, but I'm just it's almost like you're just used to it at this point. You don't mm-hmm. understand as an Arkansas fan how incredible that play is because we've seen KJ do this yeah. countless, time, countless times since he's been the starting quarterback and here. I, I don't think we really understand, guys, how difficult that play is, how much strength it actually takes. This you know, this isn't a gnat on a on a cow's behind. This this is a grown man that's playing a high level of Division One football, FBS football. That he's just shedding off, Chuck. I don't think we we truly appreciate what KJ has to do, to do to to make that work. Well, I went back and watched that replay a time or two after the game. You know, obviously, you know, without the benefit of replay where we had it, but you know, watching it over and over, the best part about the play to me was that he kept his eyes downfield. I mean, he wasn't just trying to throw the guy away so he wasn't going to get sacked. He was wanting to continue the play. And he just, uh, yeah, it was kind of like that BYU play, I guess it was last year out at their place. Um, he just does things like that. He's down when he's down and not a moment before. Yeah, you think about it, he didn't have an interception in the game, didn't have a, a fumble. It was really a clean game overall for both squads. I know they gave up a good chunk of sacks, but only six penalties. In, in, in the game at that point. You were 2 of 2. Here's the other thing that stood out to me. Chuck, you were 2 of 2 in the red zone, but you weren't settling for field goals. I mean, Cam Little blast two field goals at the uh, at the beginning of the first quarter, but you scored on your opportunities, which I know has been a difficult. I mean, Satania, that was a absolute rocket that he had to grab in traffic, and he snagged it, and then you scored on Rashad DeBinion's touchdown in the corner of the end zone, which was a great call on a, on a lengthy third down play. So Arkansas, for all their inadequacies at points this season in the red zone, they executed in Tuscaloosa. They did, and they've got to keep doing it. You know, this is um, – there are lots of encouraging things to take away. Uh, the reality is, though, you've lost five straight, and – all the things that you've done on the road that are encouraging, you've got to translate into wins now at home. I mean, that's that's the bottom line now. So why do you keep losing these one-possession games? Coach Pittman touched on that post game. you got to make a play, you know, at some point. You know, one-possession losses, a lot of times get skewed, and you've got to stat and all that kind of stuff. But when you're a three-touchdown underdog and you get beat by three, and that goes in the same category as you're a three-point favorite and you lose by three, it's not the same thing. So, again, again, Arkansas was nearly a three-touchdown favorite, lost close at this point. But hopefully, hopefully they can make a play on Saturday because – you just don't know what would happen if they lose on Saturday and then they have lost at that point six straight, two and six. You'd have to win four straight games to make a bowl in well, that situation. I know what's going to happen. I mean, we all know what's going to happen if they don't lose on Saturday. He's still got his team right now. I don't have any doubt about that. I'm around him. He's still got his team. And I I expect him to win Saturday. And if they don't, it's it's going to be rough. I mean, I'm not going to make any bones about it. And you know what? They know that. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I know a lot of questions about Rocket Sanders, who did not make the trip to Tuscaloosa. Coach got asked about it after the game. Here's the status of your star running back. Rocket went to get some more rehab. He didn't feel like his knee was 100%, so I have no idea when he'll be back. A lot, of, Not a lot there. Maybe you get an update today when Pittman meets with the media at 12. Maybe it's later this week on Wednesday, whether it's the SEC teleconference, the media session again, or Sam Pittman live, but... Guys, we've talked about how important this game is. Uh, it's not like you can't win Saturday without Rocket Sanders, but it sure would help to have him in Donald W. No doubt. I'm not sure what the status of Rocket's going to be this week. But, um, you know, I thought Saturday they, you know, they showed a lot without him, frankly. And I think they can beat Mississippi State without him. They may have to. I mean, I hope not. I hope he's back. But if they have to play without him, um, they've they've still got to find a way to do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to get a win, get a win on Saturday. Speaking of winning, I'll tell you a team that's been winning. It's the Arkansas volleyball team. Fifteen straight wins, hadn't lost in SEC play, undefeated on the road. And they're seventeen and two with the only two losses coming at the expense of the number one Wisconsin Badgers. Our intern will kind of catalog that for us. Man, guys, they are hot right now. They got two road games yeah. this weekend: Tennessee on Friday, Kentucky on Sunday. A five game road stretch, but. This is a dominant team right now in the conference. And it wasn't that long ago. This was the worst athletic program on campus as far as performance and record. It has been a pretty remarkable turnaround what the volleyball program has done. And I haven't followed it closely, but, you know, it really wasn't just a couple of years ago. They were at the bottom of the barrel. Yep. And now they're on the top of the heap in the conference. Yeah, they, um, you know, they were not good there for a while. And you look at, you know, you mentioned the two losses they have to Wisconsin. And one of those, I mean, they took them right to the limit. Yep. Yeah, they took them right there to the wire. Didn't do so well in the other match. But this is the type team, and I'm not going to pretend that I'm real knowledgeable about, you know, the (laughs) national landscape of volleyball. I'm not. But I know when you're undefeated in the SEC in anything, you're going to be in the hunt Mm -hmm. when it's all said and done. So they've evidently got the type team that's – we're all going to start paying more attention to. I'll just put it that way. Bump, set, spike. That's the way we like. I still remember that phrase from our high school games back in the day. All right, last thing here. Uh, this Saturday, or excuse me, this Sunday, Pups at the Park, y'all, at Razorback Field for the soccer game. They're playing Ole Miss at 2 o'clock. If you want to take your dog out to Razorback Field, you can do so. you got to fill out a pet submission. But another opportunity to watch another squad that's been been dominating as of late. Colby Hale has himself quite a team this year, and they're going to be the hunt once again for a strong NCAA tournament run. That's your kind of deal, Chuck. You're a dog guy. That'll That's your kind of game to go to. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm shy. Those are those are popular deals. They'll have, uh, they'll have a big crowd Sunday. Looks like the weather's going to be great, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing here, I want to jump back into football for a sec. We, we saw a little up-tippo from the Arkansas football team. Saw some of it in the Ole Miss game, a little more of it against Alabama, similar to what we've seen under Ken O'Brien's and starting to implement that a little bit. I would expect if the offense starts to get into the rhythm, we'll see that this Saturday against Mississippi State. When asked about it after the game, Rashad Dominion had this to say. Oh, we kind of got back to like what we was doing in the first quarter, like going faster. Like everybody just line up and go. I like don't think too much. When you think a lot of football, you tend to make mistakes. I just wonder if we're, and I expect to see it. Am I off base on that? I mean, are we going to see? We've seen it more. The last I would two imagine days. there will be situations where we see that. Yes, I, I I thought it was reasonably effective Saturday, and I thought it was effective enough that they'll probably try to do that again. Now, the thing about the up tempo offense is we saw under Bryles, it works when the offense is is clicking and moving, but when it's not working and you try and no huddle and it's a quick three and out, your defense has to go right back on the field. They did have six three and outs on Saturday, majority of those. We're in the second quarter, but you just, if you do this, you've got to be able to move the football. 
And again, when it was rolling, it's great. When it's not, it just puts a it puts a heavy load on your defense to this point, which they've already been got a, a ton of load already through seven games at this point of the season. That's why I say it's situational. You know, I mm-hmm. I, th- I think there will be some situations where they do, and I think there will be some situations where they can't. Uh, but but yeah, I th- I think we'll see some of it. Yep. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mister Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call eight 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 Sparky. All right, so we do have the the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers coming up tonight. I know people are really excited about that. I'm hoping Dak and Ceedee Lamb go off. I need a big game from both both of them in order to win our fantasy football game this week. I'm also excited about Friday, guys. We're going to be at Lululemon, Tommy. I know you've been asked to model a oh, little yeah. bit this week. And, I think uh, that's what secured the uh, the live show yeah, there. I yeah. think it is. So John they wanted me and Chuck to try on some of those uh, some of those Lululemon. Um, you know, workout pants, ABC pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for no, I mean, like, like, like you also see, like the, you see the oh, ladies wear. I think, I think Chuck and I would look great in those, don't you? Yeah, uh, that's a, that's what I'm. That's what I want to see on Friday <laughs> I think that's morning. What they yoga us pants, the, yeah, the yoga saying. pants. Yeah, yeah. Yoga pants. I know so much about them. So. The joggers. He, he was yeah. searching. Joggers. He was searching, Chuck. But we're no, gonna no, nothing. You know, yoga pants never lie to you. Yeah, yeah. we are gonna give away and. Again, listen, if you're in Northwest Arkansas, really, if you're all over the state, we're giving away, and I say we, Lululemon is giving away 50 free pairs of ABC pants. There's no strains attached. They are giving 50 free pairs of those, these pants. Uh, those run you better than a C-Note, too. They're 128 yeah. bucks, Chuck, a pair. We're so giving away 50? 50 of them. 50. John what do you got to do? Just show up from 6 to 9 a.m. These will go fast, so if you want to stop by at any point this morning, or excuse me, Friday morning, from six to nine a.m., I would I would probably get there the earlier. I've got some listeners that have already texted me that are going to get there right at six a.m. So again, if you want a chance to take home a free pair of pants, hopefully take home a win from Saturday as well, you can do both this weekend in Fayetteville at Lululemon. Again, it's Fridays when we're doing. It's Fayetteville. The they're on the square, right? Yes. I've had some people right. ask it: Rogers or Fayetteville? We'll be right there off the square in Fayetteville. Right, Fayetteville. There's uh, so we will be doing that here on Friday. Chuck, you have some of those pants. You've spoken. Spoken highly of them. I like them. I like the ABC pants. So I don't know. I've got a pair of Lululemon pants, golf pants, and I don't know if they're ABC. I don't know what model they are, but uh, they are very comfortable. Well, you've got your commission pants as well, but uh, some people like. I prefer the ABC. Hey, don't think I'm not going to know the lingo, boys. Don't think I'm not going to be able to talk about it. He's up to date. Up to date. So again, that's on Friday. So make sure you, if you're in the Northwest Arkansas area, or if you want to drive from wherever at any point of the state for 128 dollar pants, you can do that. They're kicking off their big <laughs> men's uh, men's line. They're doing that really it. is a heck of a deal, guys. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, that's a heck of a what deal. Is, what is that? Hold on, one twenty. That's almost six thousand dollars. Is that you did that off the top of your well, head? I, I, mean, was need, I was gonna need a calculator to do that. So well, fifty times a hundred be a. Uh, Five grand, Five right? Grand. Add yeah. twenty eight times fifty. Yeah, that's probably a yeah. Carry the one. Yeah, carry the one. Do all. Do all the. Yeah. That's math on the fly at this point. But again, we're gonna we're gonna have that on Friday. Arkansas game day at the Stadium Shop on Saturday at six o'clock. Presented by the Stadium Shop on Rich. That's six a.m. By yeah, the way, six o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Yippee! Yeah. That will be me out there. And I'm I'm gonna probably do it outside. It's gonna be nice outside. It'll be a little chilly, but that's a uh, that's a pullover weather. What is it? Saturday. I think sixty four degrees is our kickoff time or excuse me kickoff weather this saturday so it'll be uh, i can live with that yeah, yeah. take that Windows open baby Windows open at joshua's fine jewelry we specialize in getting you exactly what you want custom jewelry professional repairs we can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine we can mark any shape or design you need company logos fingerprints religious symbols even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever we can also engrave on other materials glass wood plastic just ask you can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Hey, 
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Here's Coach on that four-game stretch. Going into this stretch, you know, starting with BYU, I, I wouldn't have dreamt, nor nobody else, that we'd be sitting here two and five. Didn't want to be, didn't, you know, all those type things. But they're all learning experiences from it, and hopefully we'll be a better team when we get back home and get out of it. I'm, I'm glad we're, you know, we still got to go to Florida, but four of the five are at home. You know, I just hope that we learn from it as coaches. I hope it's made us stronger. I hope it's made us a better team. That's yet to be determined until we get out there and play Mississippi State. So I guess we'll find out on Saturday, guys, if this is a, a stretch that's made this team stronger or if it's pretty much pushing the point of desperation and they flip it the other way after this game on Saturday. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't, I don't get the sense at all that these guys have quit. Um, look, there may be individuals here and there that you know, bad things run through their minds, and I'm not naive, and I know things like that happen. But I don't think collectively he's lost them. I expect him to play well Saturday. I expect him to win. You look at this football game where, again, 24-21 to 21 was the final. But you, out, you got outgained by 175 yards. One of the key stats to me in this game was he averaged 4.2 yards of play. Now, compare that to Alabama that was averaging – like 20-something yards a catch. I mean, it's just uh, they only had 10 completions in the game, but you still need some explosion within your offense to this point. And I wonder, again, where you're going to get that. We talked about, again, the first five or six games of Dan Enos' tenure in 2015 didn't necessarily go according to plan. Then that offense blew up. Now, Pittman was very complimentary of one guy after the game, someone that has that type of speed, and that's Isaiah Satania. That's a tough catch for the touchdown on, on, the, on the slant. Really good ball. You know, we need each everybody we can get to come in and make plays for us, and I was really happy for him. He's done a nice job with the kickoffs and the punt returns and all those things, but we need to continue to use him at slot and they're really happy for him. He got a couple balls and a touchdown today. We saw these ball skills in high school, and we saw it once again on Saturday, and again, one of the better defenses in all of college football. He took a little bubble screen to a first down. I, I just think you got to keep finding ways to get him the football. He is more of a threat in the slot than Isaac Tesla is at any point. Now, Tesla have, may have better hands. He's more physical at 6'4", but I, I just think that any time you throw a bubble screen to Tesla, it's a three, four, maybe five-yard gain. We saw him throw it one time to Satania. He got him a first down. It's 12 yards. I, I just think there's a difference in that, too. And I think they got to keep getting him the football because explosion has not been something that Arkansas offense has had any bit this season. we got to play them both. You know, I, I think you do. I think you've got to play them both. I think your point's well made about Satania. And he does give you explosiveness there. And, and I think they wanted to make a point to try to get him involved a little more. And lots of times you do see that with younger guys. Um, you know, he had a couple of really, I won't say spectacular plays at Texas A&M, but the ball ended up on the ground. And you can't do that. Um, and as they gain more confidence in him, he's going to get more chances. And I think that was a point of emphasis on Saturday. And I think it will be going forward. And, you know, talking about Tesla, he – he, he, I don't want to say he broke out. He had four catches on seven targets, but he had struggled with, what, two catches in the two previous games combined? So this was nice to see him catch a few more footballs, Chuck. He had uh, a total of, uh, what, 25 yards, and uh, uh, th this was, you know, this was a What was his long game. play? You've, you, you've, you've got the stats Eight in yards. front of you. Eight yards. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, he's he's – I think we've known all along he would be a possession-type guy. Um, he was better on Saturday. Lots of them were. Um, but, um, yeah, it was it was nice to see him catch some passes. You're right. They just – the offense at times we see in, like, the fourth quarter where they have the ability to click, but then they have the driest of dry quarters, like in the second, where they average 10-plus yards. The inconsistency is over the top. And what often correlates with this, when the offense starts rolling, then the defense gets some energy. And, again, look at the second half. The offense actually picks it up a little bit. The defense only allows three points. I mean, Alabama in their final six or seven possessions, listen to this. 
So the end of the end of the second quarter, they have to punt. It was a big crucial stop because they were rolling at that point. Punt, and they got the ball first. Yes, punt, punt, field goal, punt, 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 end of half. That's how Alabama ended the game offensively on Saturday. Your defense sh- just shut them out in the second half, with the exception of that field goal. When your offense starts rolling, that picks it up on defense as well. There's a correlation between those two. And they're, well, it's they're a team game. I mean, it's a team game, no doubt about it. Now, the one thing, the one thing Alabama was able to do, and this is the final hump that Arkansas has got to get over defensively. I'm talking about Alabama was able to run out the clock. They were able to take that ball when Arkansas didn't uh, didn't convert. And Alabama got the ball back with like five minutes to go. Arkansas didn't get the ball back. Uh, that's the last step. You got to get the ball back in those critical moments. Yes, the defense is a lot better, and and I'm thrilled to death with the way they're playing, and I think a lot of people are. But if you're going to win the game in a in a situation like that, you got to get the ball back. So there's there's still work to do, but they are progressing, and I think we should be encouraged by that. Yeah. Three straight three and outs on those series you were referencing, yeah. uh, and then and then the the drive you're talking about, Chuck, to end the game, nine plays. 28 yards, but took the five minutes and, and 19 seconds off the clock. The best throw of Jalen Milrow's life and a I agree. Herculean effort on third and two where he gets outside and Clark almost got him before the line to gain. I mean, the, you were you were a play or two away from getting the football back. And I just, I mean, get people texted in this morning that Arkansas is cursed. I've never seen Milrow make a throw like that. In two years, about the one he Never. floated up. Yeah, he floated. I mean that that thing that, that thing should have been picked should have been off. Picked off. Yeah. There's no reason he should have made that throw, getting clobbered as he lets it go, and somehow, some way, that stinking ball ends. I mean, you can't get a break on these guys in 17 stinking years. 17 well, you gotta years. Give him credit. You got to give him credit for making a play. I don't want to give him credit, Chuck. No, I just right, want to go enough. to the fact that they're cursed and they haven't beaten Alabama in over 6,200 days. I mean, you can't catch a while. A, you can't catch a break against these guys. It blows yeah, you my earn mind. Your breaks. You got to earn your breaks. <sighs> I mean, another uh, again a, a tight one in this one. I mean, you've had some close ones in this series, and the fact that you came all the way back. I know, kind of Pittman talked about it with the media after the game. I mean, we were trying to just keep it close to the fourth quarter. You know, we've lost some games this year in the fourth quarter, and we made a big emphasis, and the defense made some adjustments. Most teams in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, when you're down 24 to 6 in the third, start the bus. It's over. Let's just go home. Let's get on the plane. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. This team didn't do that. And I listen, I hate moral victories as much as everyone else. I wasn't a part of that particip- participation group growing up as a kid. I wanted to win. And when I didn't win, I was ticked off. And I was un- unathletic. So we lost a lot of football and basketball games. But at least there, again, you take some solace in the idea that this team has not quit like they did five years ago when a former quarterback walked in here and kicked your you-know-what up and down the course of the field, and that was all she wrote. Well, and now you've got to go win some games. I mean, everything you said is right there, but now you've got to go win some games because here's the deal. If you don't win Saturday, none of this other stuff, none of the encouraging signs, none of those things matter. It just doesn't matter at all. you got to win this game Saturday, and they know right where they are. I mean, their shoulders are pinned up against the wall. If they're going to get to a bowl game, do the math. It's not hard. So how do you win these games, right? Well, one of the things you got to do is stop putting yourself in terrible situations offensively. Arkansas saw this down in the television broadcast. You are 101st this season in the amount of yardage that you have to pick up on third down. Your third down average is, th- is seven and a half yards. You were four of 14 on Saturday, and it's going to continue to be. That type of statistic, if you don't pick up yards on first and second down, I mean, we talked all week, they've got to be able to have some plays on first and second down. And too many times on Saturday, that was not the case, unfortunately. No, I thought they played better on those, you know, at times on those times. But the second quarter is offensively just where it came unraveled. I mean, Ten the, yards. The, the defense kept you in the ball game. Um, and, and really, the, you know, Chuck, you talked earlier about halftime adjustments. You know, we don't give enough credit for the defensive uh, adjustments in the second half. You know, Alabama got three points. I mean, if you'd have known 24 total, three in the second half, you'd have bet the farm they were going to win this game. Well, you certainly would have been in a position to, which they were, and they just couldn't get the ball back there at the end. And, and um, 
you know, again, we can we can rehash all this stuff, and 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 I understand that a lot of people want to do that, but I'm just telling you how I feel today. That I'm glad the four game stretch is over. I wish they'd beaten BYU. I wish they'd been able to steal one of these other games, but they didn't. And so now they're two and five, and you've got five games to go, and all of them are winnable. Every single one of them is winnable. Now the reality is, if you don't win the first one, you're not you're probably not going to win four or five. So you got to go win Saturday. I, I'm I'm not saying that you know it's 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 good to pin all your hopes on one game, but let's just be clear: if they don't win Saturday, it's going to be it's going to be virtually impossible. But if they do win Saturday. And I think they will. Again, you know, you look at what Auburn did against LSU. You look at what Arkansas did against LSU. That's a winnable ball game. Florida's a winnable ball game. That's a winnable game. FIU, winnable game. Missouri playing really well right now. They'll they'll be favored in that game. There's no doubt about it. Um, but this time, if we're at that spot, and that's a big if, but if we're at that spot, there's going to be plenty to play for. We're not going to have to worry about whether or not they're excited to play Missouri. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, the only thing, here's how I feel about it, talking about how you feel. I, I don't really care about the Alabama game. You, you lost close. That's great. The only thing that matters is Mississippi State um, because I, I think you're just at a fork in the road. The, the season's going one direction or the other this Saturday. You know, this past weekend, and, and, and here's one thing I think going in that a lot of people thought, and you've kind of alluded to this, Tommy, and I know you're not the only one, that even going into the Alabama game, you thought in the back of your mind, but it's next week that's really important. Mm-hmm. It's the Mississippi State game that's really important. All right. I'm sure that thought probably crossed through the minds of some of the players. And so there is the temptation when you're down 24-6 to 6, and when things aren't going the way you want to sack the bats for the day and say, all right, let's look ahead to next week. You know, I wondered going to Alabama with the entire attitude all day long be, all right, let's just get to next Saturday. Let's get through this. Let's get to next Saturday. They were trying to win the game, and, you know, they were in a position to do it. And I'm going to go back to something Pittman said, and I know there are lots of bottom-line people out there that um, they, they, they think it makes them better fans when they're bottom-line people, and I get those. I get it all. But there's a big difference in losing by three to a team that you were not a three-touchdown underdog to than there is losing by three to a team that was favored by 19.5 points. Arkansas played their butts off Saturday. They just didn't win. And now they've got an opportunity to – this schedule flips, and you've got an opportunity to take advantage of it. But you have to beat Mississippi State. You have to win this game Saturday. Yeah, I mean, this – to me, this is where it, where it's at. And you you know, we can talk about not getting something done that you had a chance to do for the first time in 16 years. And you know, we'll worry about that in two weeks when you go to Florida because you've never won at Florida. Um, there, there's something else you can put on your resume. Well, every game's going to be a challenge, guys. I, I mean, you're two and five. The idea that, you know, every game you just look at, okay, they're not as good as Alabama. They're not as good as some of these other teams. We're going to win those games. You can't have that attitude. Mm-mm. It's uh, We're very likely not done with the one-possession games. I would be shocked if there aren't at least one, maybe two, three, four, or five of these remaining games that aren't one-possession games. So you better approach it the same way you have the last three weeks, last three, three or four weeks, even though you have a one. You better approach it that same way, or it's going to be two and six, and, you know, you think it's bad this morning, man. They'll be howling next week. Yeah, you're playing a team that's coming off a bye. What what kind of extra juice do you think they give State coming in, uh, in into this week where Arkansas is beat up after a tough stretch, and they've had a week off to get ready? Well, nobody's going to say, man, this bye week comes at an awful time. So I'm sure they were beaten up. Everybody at this point the season's got injuries. You look at Arkansas's situation with some of the players who were hurt, it's going to be nice to have a week to have people heal. Because if you do win this Saturday, oh, wow. I mean, what a four-game stretch. I mean, you got to salvage your season right there. And you may need the week off to have uh, have everybody healthy for when you go to Florida. Yeah. And I just, you know, thinking about Mississippi State coming in, fully loaded, you know, or, or fully rested at least, that that, uh, that just presents a little more 
challenge could. in this game. Both teams could. gunning for their first conference win as well. Get Mississippi yeah. State's over at this point. We know Arkansas is, and uh, Auburn will be when they come in on November, no, November 11th, potentially. So just I know keep. one thing. One of these teams Saturday is going to feel really bad when it's over. I mean, one of them is going to feel really bad because right. it's That's basically right. going to be shot at that point. So talk to Dallas Cowboys playing tonight on Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Chargers. Herbert, Prescott, you got a good matchup tonight. And Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call. I know people still getting used to that. It's on ESPN and ABC tonight. I just wanted to double check on that. But a good matchup we had in front. Sunday Night Football was kind of boring last night with the Bills and Giants. Don't know how. Who won? The Bills did, apparently. I didn't. Christian, you said the Bills won, right? 14 to 9. 14 to 9. Yeah, gross football game. Giants' offense is horrible. So that's another loss for the Giants who are in the Cowboys division. This is a big game for the Cowboys tonight, Chuck. Big game for both teams. And the Cowboys will be tested tonight. Chargers are good. They're good at home. Uh, Herbert's a good quarterback. They'll score. Dallas got to be ready to score some points tonight, I think. This will be an offensive explosion. We heard from David in South Arkansas earlier. He's a Giant Chiefs fan. They got to win on Thursday night. Their offense has looked weird at times. Well, not what we're expecting. They've had, a, again, a bunch of change at wide receiver at this point. The Dallas Cowboys offense has not looked like some thought it would at this point. McCarthy's taking over the play calling duties, and I guess the other interesting wrinkle on this is, is Kellen Moore, who's in Los Angeles right now. They don't have enough playmakers. That's the issue with them. I don't think it's Dak. I don't. Well, I mean, sometimes it's Dak. I don't think it's the play calling. I don't think it's Kellen Moore, McCarthy, any of that. They just don't have enough guns. They just don't. I, I mean, look at what San Francisco's got in terms of the uh, the parts that Purdy has to work with. Um, Dallas doesn't have quite enough juice on offense. They got plenty on defense. They don't have quite as uh, they they need one more playmaker on offense. Yeah, C.D. Lamb can only do so much. I like Tony Pollard, but you look at their second and third wide receiver, Gallup Cooks is not what he used to be. I would agree with that, and I think most Cowboys fans would too. If you haven't uh, got your picks into our NFL Pro Pick'em contest, brought to you by Harlan Honda and Moix RV, get those in for this coming week. I know there were probably a lot of people that. Uh, Missed on the, the Jets yeah, beating the, the Eagles. The heck? I mean, there's Eagles, a couple, what are you there's doing? couple of big upsets. 49ers after beating the Cowboys lose to the Browns. So there was there's a couple of surprise outcomes. I yesterday. lost $500 allegedly because of the birds. <laughs> what I, I mean, what, Jalen had, Hurts, what are, what are you doing? Well, yeah. Offense. Well, what are you doing? I, you I, I may or may not have lost $500 oh, okay. because of you in our Survivor League. 500 bucks. Thank you, Philadelphia Eagles, for nothing. You bums. Golly. I mean, the Jets? You can't win in New York against Zach Wilson and the Jets? Their defense is pretty good. It's the NFL, man. Teams take weeks off. It's the NFL. It's the NFL. Uh, Teams teams aren't going to play at a high level every week. It's horrible. They're just not. It's terrible. Hopefully the... uh, I kind of liked it. I enjoyed watching Hurts yeah. throw that pick. I was pulling for the Jets yeah, at the end. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. My brother was happy. He's a big Jets fan, but I was not. I was not at this point. That's what I get for picking the Eagles. I don't care anything about the Jets. I just hate the Eagles. Well, you should. You're a Cowboys fan. That's part of it. Who the, so the Cowboys, that game is coming up. Obviously, they just played. I think the Cowboys play the Eagles in week nine, if I remember that right. It's coming up quickly. I know that didn't fare well. San Francisco. Well, we gotta get there. Yeah, gotta win tonight. Big game tonight again. Monday night football starts at seven fifteen on both ESPN and ABC. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are off off next week. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.